Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading. And I'm Phil Harvey. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. How's it going, Phil? Good to see you. It's going well. Uh, good to see you as well. And uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh, Roy Chua, the founder and principal with Avid Think, uh, join us on the podcast today and give us some really interesting background on the Open Networking Foundation, the ONF, and uh, how it um, kind of, as it's existed for the past 10 plus years, it's uh you know, discontinuing in that form, but it's been absorbed by the Linux Foundation. Uh, so he talked a little bit about what that might mean uh, moving forward and which projects are continuing. He talked a little bit about what kind of funding that they have. So we, we covered all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it, I think the way he broke it down was probably the most um, uh, interesting bit that I'm, I'm eager for people to hear, which is just sort of that, that it's, it's been the same, I don't know, uh, kind of overall big picture, you know, uh, agenda, but it's, it's had kind of three very distinct identities along the way. So, um, he goes into what those identities were, what their focus was, what they were working on, and then, um, why, it made sense to kind of put it back together inside the Linux Foundation, and then what the Linux Foundation is going to be doing. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a kind of an interesting uh, 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 evolution for something that started with such a singular, um, you know, technology focus in mind, and it, and now is more, uh, you know, now as part of the Linux Foundation, it's going to be more of an active uh, kind of advocate, uh, you know, working on various projects to uh, enable open source software, open source networking. And just for, you know, vendors to agree on how to address new technologies. Great. Well, with that, I think we will um, segue into hearing directly from Roy. Hi, Roy Chua. Thanks for joining us on the Light Reading Podcast. Good to see you. Yep. Likewise. Thank you, Kelsey. And thank you, Phil. Always a pleasure. Good to see you, Roy. Yep. Yeah. So uh, just before the holidays, uh, the news broke that the ONF was um, being absorbed by the Linux Foundation. Uh, and, and so as it stood, it, it would no longer continue um, in, in its original form. Before we get into why that was and, and what kind of the ramifications are of that, can you give a little bit of background on um, the ONF and you know mm -hmm. how it started, who was involved, and, and what the original sure. purpose and, and mission of it were? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we've been working, collaborating um, with the ONF since the very, very beginning. So I think the best way to describe it is I call it sort of ONF V1, V2, V3. It's the way at least I have it in my mind. Uh, there's been three versions. Um, original ONF, you know, sort of the OG uh, ONF V1, um, was started back in March 2011, and that was led by Dan Pitt. It came out of the uh, Stanford Clean Slate Project. It's called Collaboration Between Stanford and Other Universities like Berkeley and so on. And it was originally created to evangelize the software-defined networking, SDN. And um, initially, the OpenFlow protocol was what it was uh, charted to do. And so Nick McCowan, Scott Shanker, a whole bunch of other folks you know, from that era that uh, created sort of SDN um, and launched SDN were behind that and helped drive that. And so then uh, led, that pro led that organization um, 
they had collaborators across the industry um, and eventually the carers as well. And they kept pushing for disaggregation in the open ecosystem. So that was V1. And then V2 came about. So ONF V2 came about when the sister organization, OnLab, which was led by Guru Paruka, um, took over in uh, October of 2016. It kept the ONF name and structure, but it was fashioned more as an open source organization. So originally it was open standards and it became open source after that. So OnLab came in, um, then left, uh, Guru came in and took over. And it was open source, except that they called curated open source. And some people argue with the curated word because that's not really open. But regardless, it allowed sponsors unique access to the code because it's sort of paid in. Um, at that point, the owner's controller um, was the original seed. So that was the SDN time where controllers were the Vogue, right? In, in Vogue, and everyone wanted a controller, and Onos was the open source controller. And so and that was at the same time there was the Open Daylight controller at the uh, Linux Foundation, sort of simultaneously, right? That, that was the, the two uh, dueling, battling, collaborating controllers, whatever you want to call it. And that was the seed of the effort. Um, and so from there in ONFV2, it also birthed the Ether wireless project, right? So private wireless, you know, private 5G, private 4G LTE, and driving other projects as well, Volta, Siba, I wouldn't go into the details, but fundamentally it was broadband access, switching, um, as well as um, wireless. So it was basically open networking across all the different networking domains was what the goal was. And it was an engineering organization in the sense they were software engineers funded by the sponsors and they were working on, you know, ostensibly open source that um, that the sponsors could get access to. Um, under that V2 timeframe, there was sort of a slight weirdness where they spun, spun out a private company called Ananki <laughs> that was uh, spawned in September 21. Um, and that was meant to commercialize the efforts of ONF V2. And... Um, the sponsors actually agreed to that. And the management of Ananki and the leadership ONF were holding dual roles. So they sort of had their cake and ate it too at the same time, which kind of, I guess, that was an interesting one. But then very quickly, um, that was September 21. And then a few months later in February of 22, the ONF uh, projects were released to open source, fully open source, so not curated. It was released so that Ananki could sort of move on from there. Um, after the software became really open source in February 22. In April of 22, Ananki was acquired by Intel. <laughs> Intel Networking Group, the next group, was called Next Networking Edge Group. And that was, interestingly enough, headed by Nick McCowan, who was a founding board member at the ONF. So it sort of come full circle 10 years later. Um, Nick's organization uh, bought Ananki. It was an equity hire. They grabbed the team in what was termed as an arm's length transaction, right? So it was like, you know, well, they grabbed that and it was a talent acquisition. So Ananki and the ONF engineers, including Guru, were hired by Intel. Um, but Time and Sloan, who had been helping with marketing at that point in time, st stayed on. So ONF didn't dissolve at that point in time in that acquisition. And it became what I call now ONF V3. And so the bulk of ONF was gone inside Intel, and Timon was left outside. Well, I guess he was he volunteered for it, whatever. Um, and Timon worked with the existing sponsors. The a lot of the carriers at that point was very involved in ONF, um, and the other sort of project leads to drive ONF v3 forward. And so the sponsors um, and the major CSPs drove that. Uh, Timon recruited new staff and engineers to try to 
get the mission going, right? Hired a VP of engineering, a CTO role, and hired a bunch of engineers. And he continued to actively seek funding and seek government grants and seek sponsorship. Um, but then, obviously, as we learned at the end of last year, um, you know, they decided to fold in under the LF, not LF Networking, the group led by Arpit, but LF proper, so the Linux Foundation. And um, that was the end of an era, right? unfortunately, or fortunately, or whatever it is. And so the project lives on, the code lives on. Uh, the sponsors are now uh, driving their funds and efforts into the Linux, Linux Foundation. The advantage, obviously, is that everyone else understands the Linux Foundation and what it does and, you know, the government's governance system and, and all those things. So they benefits from that. Um, but the ONF is gone. Um, so we can go into what that entails within Linux Foundation. Um, it's split up now inside the LF into a three plus one project. And the reason why the plus one will come later. So... Um, the original projects sitting inside the ONF uh, are broken into um, sort of three areas. One is the broadband directed fund, which is the Volta project originally. The second one is the mobile uh, directed project, which is Ether, which is the private wireless one, software defined core and software defined RAN. And then P4, which was the sort of language that uh, basically was a successor to OpenFlow. It's a P4 directed fund. And then there's one on the side that's, that's uh, sort of the ancillary and the other services that isn't funded right now. And so there's three main projects plus one more sitting inside Linux Foundation, all funded uh, to the tune of about, I think it was 1.5 million that injected because that's where the funds left. They had about 5 million left over. So 1.5 is directed to each one. Linux Foundation is contributing 200K uh, well, actually, it was, I think, 400K split across three projects over two years, is, is what I recall. So there is some level of funding um, that, that will carry it forward. The sponsors are being asked to recommit and re-up within the Linux Foundation organization and the structure. And the Ether project actually has additional $2 million in government funding that's, that's, uh, that's available to it. So it's, that one is better funded than the other projects. So that's the new structure going forward. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. Timon is staying on as a part-time, uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure what that means, but part-time director of the Ether project. So there's exec executive directors for each of those projects now. Timon's going to stay with the Ether project for the time being. And the staff will be hired by Linux Foundation to help run um, these three plus one projects. So that's, that's sort of caught up till uh, December of uh, 2023. So that's that's where we are. Yeah, and it wasn't too long ago. I think the uh, ONF. I'm not sure how this will get, or which group this goes into in the thing, but um, they they were one of the grant recipients from the NTIA. Uh, that's right. Or that's for some of the 5G stuff, uh, I think they were doing. That's correct. I think they were looking at energy consumption on 5G networks or open RAN networks, that's trying right. to kind of that's help. Correct. Um, it, it was either Princeton or Rutgers. One of the university labs was involved there as well but they were like um they were looking at each individual component of the open ran ecosystem or architecture and mm -hmm. kind of evaluating how energy efficient it was but it was a pretty big grant as of like i'm gonna say ballpark two million bucks um yeah. to continue that it, work correct. so they've got that's correct they definitely got a, a pretty wide it sounds like a much Thank wider you. variety of uh um just say projects or things under management than they 
than they did back in the old days when they were kind of more singularly focused on um, just sort of getting a tr- getting an SDN controller or SDN yeah. uh, protocol yeah. to commercialization. Yep, that, that is correct. Now the 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 remit for ONF and the ONF projects are clearly you know much larger than they originally were. It was a controller and open flow. Um, and you are correct. The two million dollar grant from the U.S. government to work on energy efficiency will go to the Ether project. So the Ether has two million more than the, the other projects, and that's the one that Time okay. is uh, staying behind to to run in a part time capacity. So that's that's correct. That is correct, and yeah, that's that pretty gonna... well. Uh, that's pretty good funding, right? Three point six yeah, million it's, dollars it's in funding. Pretty visible project too, because it's yeah. it's yeah. Uh, you know, Open Ran is is uh, you know they're 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 trying to. Uh, kind of get uh more more of commercial acceptance for true open ran <laughs> out of <Yeah>. the market <laughs> um you know yeah. as you opposed mean real to real open the, ran we, as opposed to yeah yeah uh, we cover the kind yeah. of the projected open ran possible yeah. compliance that ericsson had with at&t and all of that but that yeah. is, that essentially is just a you know a one vendor single purpose uh, deal but i yeah, mean the, the open ran still exists as a as a mechanism for yeah. um for all kinds of networks in all kinds of sizes so i think i think that there's definitely um a, a, a still a huge draw for producing something with multiple vendors that interoperate together and also something that's you know more software based more cloud based more energy efficient so on and so forth so they'll Agreed. they'll, they'll need Agreed. that Agreed. how does the linux foundation um do you, do you have a lot of info on how differently that's governed than what was happening at the ONF was the was the ONF really since it seemed smaller it was more project oriented whereas the Linux Foundation seems like it's you know they've been around since two thousand so they've kind of got yeah, more yeah. of an established for lack of a better word bureaucracy I guess yeah I would say that you know in terms of the project governance itself and the way that decisions are made I think you know that there's always been a certain element of a, the technical steering committee. Um, driving it right so that's that's always been some element of that um now uh you know whether the sponsors direct with i mean i, th- I think fundamentally it comes down to sponsors do direct with funds right whether you know you're you're putting money in or you're putting people in you know you can sort of drive it and now that it's open source a lot of it comes down to um there's always politics, but still the level of contribution you're willing to make to the project sort of help drives it. If you put 10 engineers, 10 good engineers on it, you're likely going to get your way, right? As opposed to putting one engineer on it. I think that's just a right. reality. And that's relatively well understood within the Linux Foundation. I think before within the ONF, I think that there may have been more uh, private decisions or sort of business managerial decisions potentially, right? With for the guru and the sponsors having conversations, uh, but there's always been a technical element to it. And now within the Linux Foundation, the good news is it's better understood, right? You've got the technical steering committee, uh, you know, the the leads sort of working it out. They get nominated, they get and they get voted in, um, and so I think the the process could be more transparent because there's, there was always a certain level of uh, there was some folks that were a little unhappy with the curated open source model that sort of ONF v2 hat where it says well it's 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 not really open source if only only a few people can get access to it right and and uh, it wasn't until later that the code actually became real open source where you could get your hands on it and do whatever you want with it and with linux foundation i think that transparency will be will be better for sure i mean everyone understands how linux foundation runs the other element around linux foundation i think as you point out phil is that it's it's 
it's um it's a it's a juggernaut, right? If you look at you know KubeCon and some of the events that they run, there's a strong yeah. marketing engine there, right? It's a powerful marketing marketing engine. Um, this is yeah. it's a strong marketing lobbying all the above engine that 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 drives it, um, and that that's been a very successful organization that's grown tremendous tremendously over the years, right? The other ones have. I wouldn't say fallen by the wayside, but the other ones have not grown at the rate that it's, it's grown at, right? If you look at Open Infra Foundation, right? Previously OpenStack Foundation, or any name any other foundation, and I, I think you'll we'll see that Linux Foundation has, you know, it's it's it's. I don't think it's a one ring to rule them all yet, but it's it's certainly growing very rapidly, and continues to grow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think a good example of that is we were watching the. You know, we're watching with interest this Ultra Ethernet Consortium, which is kind yeah. of part of the Linux Foundation's. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure how to describe that, but it's basically they're looking at a um, an open, interoperable spec for, um, or it's an Ethernet spec for high com- high performance computing, high performance data yeah, centers. for, for AI. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, UEC. Yeah, that's correct. And Intel and, behind it, and a whole bunch. You know, and they almost immediately got you know Nokia, Marvell, uh, the 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 kind of the software defined routing companies like uh drive nets and um mm-hmm. what's the other one arcus yeah um, arcus drive you know, all of yeah. them bought in yeah. pretty quickly um yeah and so that's that i think is an interesting so whatever they'd end up deciding you know will be immediately widely used mm-hmm. acknowledged and people mm-hmm. building to kind of a spec that everybody understands as opposed to having 11 proprietary things in a market yeah. that's that the decision time for buyers is going to be pretty short because mm-hmm. you know if a, if uh, AI is taking off as fast as everybody thinks, then the computing uh, capacity is going to need to grow quickly, and you can't yep. sit yep. back for six months and evaluate yep. fifteen different uh, um, you know interfaces or <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or Ethernet specs yep. or whatever. No, agree. Agree. I think it's going very far. And Linux Foundation's got its fingers in everything, right? I mean, you look at the RISC-V Foundation, mm-hmm. right? RISC-V is also associated with Linux Foundation. I mean, you know, if you look at on the cube, on, on the you know Kubernetes side and all the cloud native stuff, you know, Wasm is in in Linux Foundation, right? I mean, it's it's got like PyTorch is part of Linux Foundation. I mean, you know, you, you just touch yeah. everything. Everything is Linux Foundation in, in some sense, right? Which is which is both good and bad. I mean, good in the sense that it's a well understood entity. Clearly, it's you know, well run, right? Because it's it, whatever model they have is replicatable and works and adaptable. I think that's the advantage of it. I think the the, the only danger I would say is that you know, do we have sufficient diversity in the open source ecosystem? Um, you know, with the other organizations, I think it'd be nice to have you know um, more diversity. But on the other hand, within Linux Foundation, you know, different projects and different groups feel quite different, right? The, the personalities of the people contributing come through, right? So when you're working with say Arpit and LFN, or you're working with, you know, the CNCF, right? It, it is, it is different, right? It feels different, and so maybe that's okay, right? Maybe all we needed was a framework and an architecture to do it, but but certainly it's got a lot of clout in the industry, certainly. And so now that ONF is in there, um, hopefully that that helps the ONF projects, right? Yeah, the Ethers, the Volta, the, the Cbus, P4, the language, you know, the, the the advantage hopefully is that they now have an umbrella that's well understood, that's visible. They have events that potentially are, you know, synergistic with their efforts, right? We'll we'll, we'll see what happens um, going forward. It'd be it'd be interesting. So we're certainly still watching the projects. I think they haven't gone away. 
It's just the nature of the organization has gone away and it's it's kind of the, the end of you know uh, an era, right? ONF came, mm-hmm. drove SDN, open flow, which is no one talks about open flow anymore. Um, it was the hottest thing back then. Remember that? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. uh, everybody yeah. wanted to be the, uh, you know, who's going to own the SDN controller, who's going to tell oh, it yeah. what to do, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah. all that, and make app all the store. routing decisions. App store. The app store. Yeah, right. The SDN app, store. app that? store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the app store. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because in the in conjunction with that, we've had both, you know, two really well-funded startups and routing kind of pop up since then that are mostly software oriented. And then you've yeah. also got this, yeah. you know, kind of rapid industry consolidation happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really tough to get uh, an open approach that gains wide acceptance because you need those 70% players to buy, to buy into it or it just doesn't take off. I mean, we saw that yeah. with the ONF version one, um, you know, with yep. their northbound interface, all the crap they had to go through there. I'll let I you guys that. read that on light right. reading if you can find it. Good luck. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, yeah. uh, Dan Pitts and some of the others having to, you know, occasionally pin an emergency column and put it up on light reading or something like that because yeah. of, uh, you know, um, yeah, I would say easing political uh, tensions as they were, you know, negotiating mm-hmm. with vendors and sponsors and That's things right. like that, kind That's of negotiating right. in public, which was um, uh, to our delight. But anyway, it's it's yeah, it served its purpose well, and I guess that's party mm-hmm. that's part of the acknowledgement that's that networking is indeed uh, open enough for now and software defined enough for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it is. I don't think we saw the. I, I don't think we've uh, manifested the, the original dream that was that was there, right? But but certainly all the elements of SDN, the programmability the segregation of the control plane from the data plane, all those principles exist in just about every modern networking product today. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Cause it, it pointed, you know, what I think these projects more importantly do in these foundations is they, they point to a technical or they point us in a technical direction for the future of the network. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like what open RAN's doing now. We know it's not, yeah. you know, we've covered quite right. widely and, and um, you know, and quite often how, it's never really going to fulfill the um, initial promise that was, you know, sort of put out there by the initial uh, sort of most hardcore vendors in the space. But right. it certainly has paid off in terms of it's getting every wireless uh, carrier to evaluate the direction of their RAN and to really make technical, you know, really look into the technical decisions uh, surrounding. Mm-hmm. Um, how many vendors, why they're using them, and then also right. what components of this are necessarily hardware-based mm-hmm. and and kind of customized, and which ones are more, um, I would say, for lack of a better word, programmable or need, need to be mm-hmm. in the cloud, could be in the cloud, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, so I, I guess it, they, they do have, um, e- even if they don't, succeed as originally stated on the 10 so to speak it definitely points the industry in a positive direction and gets gets people motivated to examine why they're building things the way they are which i think um was incredibly helpful with sdn for sure yes um yep. you know that for sure that was that was definitely a um i think one of the uh <laughs> one of the most interesting things in networking for a while where it it 
upset quite a lot of vendors, but they all ended mm-hmm. up going in that direction anyway. Um, you know. That's correct. I think it woke them up. I mean, Cisco Juniper still exists, right? They haven't gone away, right? And and fundamentally, you know, Arista and and the like. And you're you're right. I mean, it's it's opened up the ecosystem. It's it's opened up the the architecture. It's it's driven a more agile architecture, which I think we're all going to benefit from. And I th- I agree with you. I think with Open RAN is sort of the same thing, right? I'm, I I you know we don't really want single vendor Open RAN, right? That 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 doesn't you know that doesn't help. But but certainly we're really opened up. I mean, from the tier ones, we now have the tier one and a half, right? Here you have Samsung and Fujitsu and and previously for a little while NEC and which may come back, right? As providers of brand solution, you got Mavenir in there. And then you have the the silicon guys looking at it, right? Marvell was already in there, but but Intel and all the ARM licensees as well as NVIDIA are looking at let's bring silicon right to the RAN ecosystem and you know open it up and let's see what 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 it can give us. And I think that part is really interesting. There's a lot more research around the RAN at universities and, and academia as well. So I think I think that that part is helpful and and, and hopeful, right? I think for 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 us in the telco industry. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, well, this has been really interesting, Roy. I, I appreciate your wealth of knowledge and in, in running us through um, the background and then, you know, some of the challenges they face and, and how things are looking moving forward. Um, to wrap up, what's, um, I guess, sort of your crystal ball or your uh, forecast for <laughs> For things moving forward, do you feel like they're pretty well? I mean, we we talked a little bit about the funding. Um, it, it sounds like they have some decent funding moving forward. Do you think they have um, it's sufficient buy-in from service providers and vendors in the industry to, uh, you know, maybe start a new momentum? Yeah, I think you know, f- you know, in terms of the projects, you know, staying around for some time, I think that 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 reality is there, right? Because there are carriers who are now bought into the ecosystem and you know, even from a maintainability, sustainability standpoint, they'll probably keep funding it just to keep things going. So I think that, and that there is enough funding to keep it going with the engineers, right? So now whether it evolves or whether it innovates from there, I think that remains to be seen. I mean, with Volta and, and Siba, so I think if you look at the broadband stuff, um, I think it's possible, uh, hard to say. I think with Ether, um, with, with private wireless and energy efficiency, I think that likely will see more um, innovation on that front, right? I think that one will see probably not just maintenance mode, but I think we'll see innovation go on on that front. P4's language, I think is there There are uh, a lot of people who, well, there are some companies out there who've adopted P4. I think that's still a, a question, question mark. I think academia is behind it. So, so Nate Foster and you know some of the academics who have been involved in it for some time support it. Um, but as a language itself, it's got some support, but it's, it's still iffy right now. I mean, AMD obviously Pensando supports it. Um, uh, you know, there are some champions out there, but we'll see where that goes. Um, but I think Ether probably will have momentum going forward. And then the other group, which is the the sort of the other projects that don't belong to the three, right? That that three and a half. That one, I don't know. We'll see what happens in that one. But I think of the projects that have migrated into Linux Foundation, I think Ether will likely see more innovation. And it's the best funded, right? That's got 3.5, 3.6 million compared mm-hmm. to the other two. So that may take it a little further. Yeah. It's a lot of engineers, yeah, it actually. It helps this. to have plenty of money there. <laughs> yeah, money always helps. Yeah, I think we've learned that. <laughs> It's never a bad thing. Uh, Well, Roy, thank you so much. It's been really interesting. Uh, Appreciate you joining us and look forward to future updates on. We'll we'll see how things are going in the next few months here. 
Oh, Thanks, it's Roy. been a pleasure. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Kelsey. Appreciate it.